And welcome back to the program. Gesundheit with Jacobus. Val Anderson is with us today. Mineralresourcesint.com. Mineralresourcesint.com to get more information. Uh, a wonderful company that is producing their own line of products today, but for the last 35, 40 years has produced products for many of the other companies, many of those you already know. And so they have done that both nationwide as internationally, um, producing the raw material for these companies to put it in their products. So now they are also doing their own line. And um, we will bring up some of these uh, uh, products so that you have an idea of what to look for in stores near to you. And uh, that you get indeed the best and the best research products available for your mineral balance. Val, good morning to you. Good morning. You know, as we talked a little bit about form of minerals, that's a fairly hot topic today. And certainly there are a lot of different companies marketing their particular form of minerals as the best thing. Now, if you look to an unbiased source, and it's not necessarily the best source for every aspect of nutrition, but it's certainly an unbiased source. If you look to the American Medical Association's Encyclopedia of Medicine, mm. which is basically a big medical dictionary, if you, look up the, if you look up chelate, it'll describe chelation therapy, which is designed to move minerals out of the body. If you look up at the form of colloid, it won't mention anything about minerals. It'll talk about a form of suspension where there are tiny particles suspended rather than being in full solution. And, and those are both popular forms of minerals. If you look up electrolyte, it will explain what, that electrolytes are a positive charged ion balanced with a negative charged ion with a loose bond that will split or dissolve when put in water, making the fluids electrically conductive, and then it will explain the function of electrolytes a little bit. If you look up ion, the definition of ion, this is the only form of mineral that you find not only the definition of what that form is, but the explanation important ions and their roles. And it lists calcium in ionic form, of course, nerve conduction, muscle contraction, blood clotting, bone and tooth formation, heart action, magnesium, nerve conduction, muscle contraction, bone and tooth formation, enzyme activation, protein metabolism, potassium, nerve conduction, muscle contraction, water balance, acid-base balance, which is the pH, um, sodium, nerve conduction, muscle contraction, water balance, acid-base balance, chloride, acid-base balance, water balance, component of stomach acid, and it lists yeah. others there as well. So it's the only form of mineral that you find and with the definition in the American Medical Association's Encyclopedia of Medicine, where it actually lists these minerals in the, this form serve these purposes, which I find very um, enlightening. Now, earlier today, we talked a little bit about Dr. George Crane and his recognition of the connection of life and health to seawater. Yeah. To talk a little bit about a more current scientist. At the United States Department of Agriculture, there's a wonderful researcher, not connected to our company. He's working for the government, so he's independent. But his name is Forrest Nielsen. He works at the Human Nutrition Research Center in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And that research center used to have its whole focus on mineral and trace mineral nutrition. In fact, Forrest Nielsen 
by a lot of scientists, is recognized as the world's leading expert on trace mineral nutrition and ultra-trace mineral nutrition. In particular, some of those trace minerals that are very important for health but that have not fully been recognized as essential yet. Mm-hmm. He wrote an interesting article about evolution and the impact that evolution had in his view on whether a nutri- whether something became an essential nutrient or whether it's non-essential, whether it's toxic or whether it's non-toxic. And the whole point of this article was to make the point that life has always had a very close connection to seawater. And for that reason, the more likely you are to find a mineral in any kind of abundance in seawater, the more likely that that mineral will be essential and safe for health because life uses the tools that are available to it and it develops a tolerance for those things that it has regular association with. The converse, however, the less likely you are to find a mineral in seawater, the more likely it is to be non-essential and the more likely it is for life to have not developed mechanisms to cope with it and Uh therefore be toxic. Mm. And there are a few minor exceptions to that, the most notable being iron. There is Mm. not a lot of iron in seawater, and so most of the plants and animals in the sea do not have a lot of iron in them, but iron is a very efficient carrier of oxygen, and it's spread around on the land quite evenly, and so any land animal has ready access to iron in our food sources, and so you find that for all of us land animals, iron is much more abundant in our blood, and, and it's the more efficient tool. And so life on land uses iron to carry the oxygen rather than what the sea animals use. So I don't, I don't totally understand it. I thought that iron is important. Well, iron is, and it's the exception to the rule. Okay. That, that iron is important. It's an efficient carrier of oxygen, and so you find it in land animals. But the rule that the more likely you are to find a nutrient or a mineral in seawater, the more likely it is to be essential and the less likely it is to be toxic. That rule holds true with only a few minor exceptions. For example, iron, which is not abundant in seawater and is a very important mineral as well. Okay, so that you what you're saying is iron is very important. It's not very abundant in seawater, but it is essential because a lot of people are anemic and it could actually be an iron deficiency. Or of course, it can also be a B12 deficiency, but... Um, um, taking, therefore, an iron supplement is good? Well, actually, I mentioned iron is the exception, where iron is essential for land animals. But remember that this article was about essentiality and and non-toxic. Iron's one of those minerals that, in fact, life is still working out the kinks a bit. It's working out the details. Iron is one of the most common deficiencies found in humans. It's also one of the most common toxicity problems found in humans. There there are iron storage disorders that are very common. So by and large, iron deficiency is not very common in men. It's more common in women. Um, But most people should not supplement with iron unless they know they have a deficiency. Because iron iron storage disorders are also quite common. Life's still working the details out on that one. Now, do you feel that the ranges that they put on a blood test for iron are the correct ranges, or have you discovered that the ranges are off? I think that blood tests for iron 
are probably fairly reasonable and accurate because iron is one of those minerals that, by and large, you find it in the blood. Now, there are certain other minerals that doctors believe they can get a good test in the blood that doctors do not get very good test results at all. So, for example, magnesium. If, if you test for magnesium in the blood, as Dr. Mildred Selig that worked with our company a few years ago, she was considered the world's leading expert on magnesium. Yeah. She stated that if you find either an excess level of, of magnesium or a deficiency of magnesium in the blood, you're already on your way to the hospital in severe health problems um, because the body works to maintain the levels of magnesium so closely in the blood that if you're out of range of magnesium in the blood, you have a severe problem already. Zinc is another one that is very important for um, fighting infections, and when they take a blood test for zinc, well, the body rushes zinc to the site where the, where the body was punctured, and you don't find zinc deficiencies in the blood. And so some minerals, blood tests are not a very good way to figure out if the body has a deficiency. Oh. And, and in fact, for magnesium deficiency, which is, which is such an important mineral, there really isn't a very good medical test for magnesium deficiency. The body stores magnesium mostly in the muscle tissue, and to go in and take a muscle um, sample is very invasive to the body. And so, you know, it's one of those things that science is still trying to figure out a good medical test for magnesium in the body, and it doesn't really have one yet. Wow. Well, Val, a very interesting stuff. We have a couple callers. Uh, first caller has been holding on for quite a while. Caller, good morning to you. What is your name? How can we help you, please? Are you talking to me? I'm talking to uh, you. Uh, this is Casey. Hi, Casey. Uh, I could listen to this man all day. Isn't that something? It's incredible. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm taking notes, and I'm thinking, gee, am I going to be able to decipher this? Uh, um, my, he's, still, he's touching sort of on what I'm calling about. Uh, I was... I consulted a uh, an herbalist out of state uh, when I had to uh, last summer, and I have, uh, among other things, I have calcium deposits or bone spurs uh, in my hands. Wherever I've had an injury, even on my spine, I have bone spurs. They're very common among a few friends of mine that also have back problems and all, and hand problems. And uh, I, she, this lady told me that. The uh, calcium I had been taking was not in pure form. It wasn't a good supplement. And that the body absorbs it, which this man spoke of earlier, but does not assimilate it correctly because it does not recognize it as whole food. I'd like to know if that stands merit. And also, she said that so it stores it in my, bone, my knuckles. Now, he talked about the uh, water. She said, from now on, she says, do this for just six months. I have done it, and I think I have seen results. She says, drink only distilled drinking water. Not huh. distilled water, not spring water, but distilled drinking water. And so I, you know, I buy it in plastic jugs, and I've been drinking it. And then I thought, wait a minute, I can distill this in my own teapot and just boil the heck out of it. And, uh, and, and so this is pretty much what I do a lot now. Uh, I don't drink solely that water now, though, but I have noticed it's diminished a bit in my, quite a bit in my hands uh -huh. where these bone spurs were now, and I'm not having quite the problem I was with my back. Maybe that's due to my exercising or whatever, but still, uh, I wondered if he could tell us between the manufactured calcium supplements, 
is it true they can be absorbed and not assimilated correctly so then the body will deposit them where where the body's telling it it needs it you know and and then we're stuck with these bone spurs and and things like that and what what she she said that the distilled water will draw the that uh, excess that excess yes off of my bones and so far i think that's what's happened yeah, and Val indeed was well, talking about uh, distilled water. So, yeah, Val, yeah. what do you think? Well, this is a wonderful question. First of all, I'm terribly sorry about your health condition. And let's hope that we can give you some information that will help you to take matters into your own hands for some better results. The, the doctor or the therapist that you're working with is kind of on the right path, and you're going to get some results from what they're talking about, but they're missing the major part of the issue. Um, the form is only part of the issue. The other biggest part of the issue is balance. And so while it's true you've had calcium deposits because you're not appropriately using the calcium in your body, that's very true. And while you drink purified water, it will tend to leach onto any minerals in your body and pull them out. That's not really what you want overall. What you want overall is to properly utilize and assimilate the calcium to build your bones up and to build your health up rather than have it either depleted out of the body or stored improperly in the body. Now, to go back to Forrest Nielsen, he wrote a wonderful article a few years ago called The Realities and Balderdash of Dietary Supplements Claims, and he talks about calcium supplementation. Uh Most people are taking calcium because they want to prevent osteoporosis, which is a calcium deficiency in the bones. Now, what they're overlooking, though, is they think that that calcium deficiency in the bones is caused by a calcium deficiency in the diet, and therefore, if they take a calcium supplement, it will rectify the problem. Forrest Nielsen points out that's, by and large, not the issue in the United States. Americans have some of the highest per capita consumption of calcium of any country in the world, and we also have terrible per capita rates of osteoporosis. What Dr. Nielsen recognized was that the body, that the issue is a bit more complex. The, by and large, the calcium deficiency in the bones is not caused so much by calcium deficiency in the diet, but by a deficiency in the diet of other nutrients that are essential and therefore can't be replaced by anything else you need them and that are required to deliver calcium to the bone in a healthy bone matrix. So, for example, you need magnesium. If you're deficient in magnesium to deliver, and the magnesium is required to deliver the calcium to the bones and you take more calcium, you can actually make your calcium deficiency in the bones worse because calcium and magnesium compete for absorption in the digestive system. Boron is another one that's essential for delivering calcium to the bones in a healthy bone matrix. Zinc, copper, um, your vitamin D, there's a whole range of essential nutrients that are required to deliver that calcium to the bones in a healthy bone matrix. Now, when people have taken mega doses of calcium, they've seen some reduction in bone loss, but they've never seen a reversal of osteoporosis through pure calcium supplementation in any form. The only thing, the only form of supplementation that saw not only a decrease in the loss of calcium, 
but actually a reversal, i.e. a buildup again of calcium in the bones after it had become depleted, was to supplement calcium with the range of other essential nutrients that were required to deliver it to the bones in a healthy bone matrix. Now, magnesium is a very common deficiency in this country, and by and large, people are exacerbating their magnesium deficiency through excess calcium consumption. Mm. And that could be a big part of your issue. Well, very interesting, Casey. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, you bet. Great call. <laughs> and brought it. We have to run for the news here, Casey. But thank thanks you. for the call. Have you a bet. good Sunday. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. You know, Val, um, I want to throw this this in there. Uh, I know we got to run. But I also see that uh, lack of hydrochloric acid in the stomach uh, deficiency of enough enzymes in the stomach can trigger the bone spurs and heel spurs. So maybe we can comment on that when we come back. Val Anderson is my guest. Mineral Resources Int, INT.com. Check it out on the web. We're going to be back for another great hour. So we'll talk to you soon.